0: Hi, I'm Azian Subhani, class of 23, and this is Merseysburg Story Cops, Making a Different Podcast. In this podcast, I am interviewing Mr. Harrison Wing, class of 2011. He is a student of Merseysburg Academy, studied at Merseysburg for four years as a D student. He was an active member of of school who participated in different games and achieves excellence in games. He is also a recipient of President's Education Medal and had been working in different community of Merseysburg. He graduated uh, from Foreman University in 2015 and achieved a degree in life. He's a passionate man and is a professional golfer. He's a kind-hearted man who now is working for the welfare of the others. And along with that, pursuing his passion for golf and is an active philanthropist.
1: I haven't spent a lot of time on Zoom recently, but uh, I figured it out there for a second. How you doing, bud?
0: I'm fine. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. Is it pronounced ASEAN?
0: Yeah, it's Azian. So, how I call you, like uh, Mr. Harrison or Mr. Brink?
1: You can just call me Harrison. You can leave the Mister off of it. Trust me, <laughs> I, I feel I feel much closer to your age than people who go by Mister. So don't don't worry about that.
0: So I'm ASEAN and I'm in like tenth grade in Mosesburg, and I'm Pakistan. Yep.
1: That's fantastic. Yep. And I think Mrs. Mrs. Bradley told me you you haven't been to campus yet.
0: Yeah, I have not
1: that's crazy man well i you're in you're in for a treat when you do when you do get there yeah man. Um, so how did you how did you hear about the school
0: uh i don't know maybe a friend of my dad, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. dad. and what
1: what does your dad do for a living
0: uh he's in army yeah
1: gotcha gotcha well i um, it's a it's a pleasure to talk with you my man and it, yeah. it's great to hear great to hear that you're involved with the school
0: so, uh, it's my like third time interviewing some uh, someone. So like I'm not good at it. Okay. Uh, hello.
1: I can hear you now. Yep. So, so he- yeah, fire away. I'm not I'm not sure what Mrs. I'm trying to get this right because I usually call them by the first time. Mrs. Bradley and Mr. Walker. Whatever, whatever they have you assigned for you, please.
0: So, like, should I start the interview?
1: Yeah, yeah. Please, actually, give me one second. I've got a, I've got an alarm going off. I'll be right back. Sorry, bud. Okay. Give me one second. Okay. There we are, far away.
0: Yeah, so I'll start by like uh, your like, family questions. So mm-hmm. uh, what did your dad do?
1: That's, that's, an, that's a complicated question. No, he, he, um, he's done everything from the thing that he would love to do most is, is as much professional musician work as possible. Singer, singer actor, musician. Um, he's built houses. He's been a golf professional. He owned a golf shop. So it, it runs the gambit. And he's a he's a graduate of 1969. So he's he's a he's a Mercersburg boy as well. Um and my mom owns a travel agency. So oh, yeah.
0: I don't know, if Mr. Walker told you, but I'm also a golfer.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic, man. I mean it's it's one of the best bonds in the world. Yeah. That's uh I, I know you're not too bad of a guy then.
0: Yeah. So what was your childhood like?
1: <laughs> it was uh I really couldn't have asked for much more, to be honest. It was, I I, just idyllic in a lot of in a lot of regards. I grew up on a golf course, grew up in. I know you haven't been to the area yet, but you'll at some point when you do get to campus and you join the golf team, you'll play Chambersburg Country Club where I grew up. And when you meet when you meet Mr. Smith, Doug Smith, you'll have to. um,
0: Uh, I can't hear you. Uh, Mr.
1: Hedson? Hedson? Uh, but it was a really amazing childhood. My dad was my golf coach in, in, in most regards, but I didn't spend I didn't really start to specialize until I was about 17, 16, 17 years old. I was still I played soccer and basketball and golf at the academy.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so I it's in a lot of ways it's it's sort of boring there there's not a whole lot of adversity to talk about in my childhood because it was fantastic, so yeah it was it was really nice and i have, i have a I'd be remiss if I didn't mention I have a sister Mackenzie she's uh three years younger than me, and she went to Mercerburg as well okay so growing up
0: so you have like only one sister
1: i yes i have I have one sister only um and trust me, that's plenty if, <laughs> yeah <laughs> people who people who know her who know her will understand
0: yeah
1: yeah, it was really good, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, were you close to your parents? I think so. One more time. Uh, Were you close to your parents?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, My parents? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, In a lot of ways, my dad, and I I was very blessed. I didn't feel all that much desire to rebel or anything as a kid or, or as a teenager. So I got very close very quickly with them. It's not, not the buddy-buddy way that a lot of kids do these days, but very much there was still a lot of respect. But they, my dad was one of my best friends by the time I was 17, 18 years old, and my mom the same way, both great influences, uh, and still am. I, I go home, and I live in Richmond, Virginia now, which is about three and a half hours away from where where you'll be at Mercersburg next year, hopefully, and uh, I drive home whenever I can. So, yeah, very close.
0: So Okay. Uh, so are you married –
1: no, no, I'm not. No, I'm so I'm 27 now, um, very much still finding my. Uh,
0: uh, Mister Harrison, I can't hear you. Uh, I don't know why.
1: Okay, I think I got you.
0: Uh, I was unable to hear you. Like, yeah. Yeah. I so yeah.
1: did you catch So the last thing you asked was if I was married. Yeah. No. Gotcha. Gotcha. Go okay. ahead.
0: So the theme of the interview is like uh, making a difference. So, the mm-hmm. is, so what's a making a difference mean to you?
1: I I'm very much a... And I, I was a I was a Latin major, so I toss around a lot of different different phrases and words. But I'm very much a a micro a micro guy compared to the macro level. I know a lot of, a lot of people um, seem to want to concentrate on the macro scale of combating things that are wrong with the world. I like to think of making a different the really impactful way you can make a difference is just to make sure you're doing the best possible possible job you can of influencing your immediate sphere of influence. By that I mean, who do you interact with on a daily basis? So for me, these days, it's still my family, although it's mostly, uh, that's mostly virtual interaction. But now that I'm a golf professional at the, at this private club called Willow Oaks here in Richmond, I can interact with upwards of 100, 200 people a day on a, in a busy golf day. And those are the people that I really have the opportunity to make a difference with. Um, so that that can run the gambit from just helping them fall in love with the game more to very simply just helping them have a good experience at the club that day. And then there are other, there are other, maybe, uh, more Mac, more macro cosmic ways like giving to institutions like, Mer- like Mercersburg, like my church, like other charitable organizations. Um, and I would like to do a little bit more volunteer work as the, with the golf season, it's very busy for six or seven months out of the year and then it slows down because we're in the middle Atlantic and the weather can facilitate a little bit of a slowdown finally. But um yeah, that, that to me really analyzing how you can actually uh, actually make an impact in the the people that you interact with on a daily basis. That's, I think where, where it means the most.
0: Uh, so, do you think Marstisburg uh, Academy make a difference in your life?
1: Oh, ab- <laughs> absolutely! It was. Um, so I mentioned earlier that my dad was a graduate of nineteen sixty nine, and in a lot of ways, I and I, I was relatively, I guess you could say, confident as a as a younger kid. So I just assumed I was going to go there after I finished my eighth grade year, and I I did. I didn't realize that it was very competitive and that I didn't, it wasn't always a guarantee, but looking back on it, I'm glad I didn't have to go. I'm glad I didn't have to withstand any sort of anxiety over that. Um, But once I got there, I'll I'll never forget. It was Mr. McDowell's history class, ninth grade year. And I realized, okay, I'm actually going to have to study now. I'm actually going to, I'm actually going to have to put at least a little bit of work in and school always came relatively naturally to me, but, much, much more naturally than golf or anything like that. But uh, in a lot of ways, Mercer's showed me that it was okay to center yourself around your passions. Um, Mr. Thorne, who's still one of the most beloved teachers there, he showed me it was okay to continue studying uh, classics in college, which I did. I was a Latin major at Furman University, mostly because of him. And Mr. Uh, Mr. Gailey, who you'll you'll hopefully get to meet at some point because he still interacts with the golf team a good bit. Um, I'll never forget ninth grade year. This was before <laughs> I'm dating myself, but this was when beside the basketball courts was just. Paul, Paul Gailey watched me hit a few balls and said, Harrison, you'll be playing golf, not baseball, that sort of thing. So I I don't know how many questions you have. I don't know how much time you have, but in a lot, I could go on and on about yeah, that. I, I, okay.
0: So it, I have like it's a question for like golf. Uh, what kit do mm-hmm. you use? What's that? Uh, what kit do you use? Like what company?
1: Oh yeah, clubs. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm under contract with TaylorMade. Oh, okay. Um, yep. Yep. So I, I signed, I signed a relatively small, but a, a representative deal last year with them to be the main, the main, the main rep at Willow Oaks country club for that. So I've got almost through the bag. I've got, I'm still using Voki wedges simply because I, i I'll, I probably shouldn't say this, but I wasn't a big fan of the MG twos that they put out last year. So you gotta especially with wedges, you gotta stick with what you know. So
0: well, I also um, Mates. uh are clubs. You you really yeah. Uh that's I great. To, like uh I have M two and yep. the clubs of R eleven, if you remember. Yep. Yeah. those are old ones, but they are my favorites.
1: Absolutely. You well know. when when we get you to this when we get get you to the states, if you I know sometimes um there's a chance to travel at the very least we can we can zoom and i can show you some of the newer stuff too because i have no doubt you love your m2 and your r and your r11 irons and everything but the the new stuff is pretty fantastic i've the the sim driver they came out that we quote unquote we came out with last year is my favorite my favorite driver that i've ever hit and i was titleless through the bag your age all the way up until last year yeah
0: (laughs) so what else uh did golf coaching give you satisfaction
1: yeah so i now do I've, coach, i'm uh,
0: like I do, I, yeah
1: individuals yeah I, I don't i don't have a formal team that i coach for but at willow oaks we've got over 600 full golf memberships so there are there are a lot of people and it's a very um they're a very driven driven golf population and that i'd say probably at least a third of those people take lessons at some point or another. So my first year there, it was my very first year as an assistant. I gave somewhere north of a hundred lessons this past year, (laughs) even though we had COVID lockdown through April. And then I tore my ACL in September. uh, I gave about a hundred and 180 some lessons this year. So it's a big part. And from a satisfaction standpoint, you, you sort of, you ride the you ride the highs to get through a little bit of the the stagnant moments because there there are inevitably going to be the lessons that just feel formulaic where you say, "Okay, you really need to work on this," and then you essentially watch them practice for a little while. but the ones that are really beneficial you get someone who either a beginner that takes to the game really quickly or an intermediate or advanced player that you can really talk shop with so to speak, where you can honestly you know you know you're you're talking the same language and you can really get into the minutia of it. That's when it's rewarding. And just the opportunity to, I mean, I'm, I've got, uh, the two, the two, the two greatest fraternities in my life are my church and the game of golf. And I think it's such a wonderful way to connect with people and just, in just enhance and influence their life by being a, that positive influence that we talked about when you're on the lesson tee with them. So it it is as much as as much as work can be. It is very fulfilling. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: <laughs> uh, sorry, I have questions like on my mobiles. So That's okay.
1: No, 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 no. I I understand, my man. No problem. Please. Uh,
0: so which was the uh one most important factor that motivated you to achieve excellence uh during your time at Mercer's Work Academy?
1: Oh wow. Um, well, there, there's the base level of just being a generally competitive person. And that was, I guess that was sort of the, the kickstart to any sort of motivation because you can interact with as many positive people as possible, but if you don't really have the, if there isn't that initial innate drive, you're going you're gonna to struggle at a place like the academy. But I would say, I'd say it's twofold one, and I'll just generalize, one was my father's experience because I knew what he had achieved. And I had heard the glory the glorious stories of uh, being part of the cum Laude society and this, that and the other. I went more athletic. He was a little bit more musical, but there was still that that drive, especially with golf. But then it's the people. It's I've always thought, and I, I've taken this as a real lesson in leadership, if who you are playing for or who you're, who you're being taught, for, if you really look up to them and you value them as a person, as long as there's some altruism within you, if you got a good heart, you're going to want to, you're going to want to strive for those people. So it comes down to people like Tom Thorne, like Paul Gailey, like John, John David Bennett, like Mark Cubitt, anyone who, I mean, I quite literally, I could name, I could rattle off probably 30 names right now in one way or another. And that's what really makes the Academy too. It's the people it has, of course, there's, there's the buildings, there's the, the environment that's phenomenal but we're so lucky to have the people that we do um and it really came down to okay this isn't here someone's sitting across from me trying to teach me or trying to coach me they they see value in it they're not afraid to express that they see value in who i am or who my classmates are and then we develop develop this innate relationship where we want to succeed for that person so um any spe- but as far as any specific moment goes it wasn't it wasn't anything it wasn't a lightning bolt or anything but it was really interesting because i remember sitting in rutledge hall in a in an english class looking out the window and thinking to myself wow i i know school i know school is worthwhile but i really just want to be practicing right now I just want to, I just want to be golfing right now, and that's when I knew that it was going to be tied in with whatever I did. I I had no idea whether or not I was going to be able, able to make any money playing. I mean, that's a, that's a whole other world. It's so it's so difficult to make a living actually getting the ball in the hole. But just the idea that I knew I wanted golf to be a part of my professional life that that took hold when I was 16 years old at Mercersburg. So yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> So do you, uh, uh, do you think traveling enhanced your vision about your life? One more time. Do you think traveling enhanced your vision about your life? Traveling. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, like I mentioned, my mom's a travel agent. So the, the, funny, the funny little tidbit, I had, I had played more golf courses out of the United States than I had in my home region when I was 14 years old. Because we had gone to Hawaii, Mexico, the Caribbean, South Africa. I mean, it it was, you know, in a really good natured way, without it getting to me, I was totally spoiled when it comes to travel. So I think the thing that travel does, um, it's it's very easy to settle into this mindset that your world is the end all be all of the general experience on Earth. And when you get out and you see these different locations and you experience throngs of people in New York City, and when you get out to the San Fran, uh, San Fran, Berkeley area, and just see this sea of humanity, or you travel to Italy and you see things that have literally existed longer than the United States, the statues and buildings, I mean, it's, it just broadens your, it, it gives you the opportunity if you pay attention to broaden your awareness. And Relating it back to our favorite topic, but it's, it's remarkable to go to all these different places and realize that people all over the world value golf too. It's a common, it's a common language, just like talk about, you can talk about love. You can talk about religion. You can talk about a lot of things, but very, very rarely have people have people's eyes lit up when they just happen to mention, Hey, what's, you've got a, you've got that Titleist backpack on, or you got that tailor-made hat on, or you a golfer? And then just right there. You know, you got them, you know, you know, there's about to be a pretty good conversation at that point.
0: Yeah.
1: The, tra- the travel was, has, it's been, it's been huge in general development for sure. Yeah, okay.
0: Who's your favorite mm-hmm. golfer? Like, oh boy. Well, <laughs> <favorite laughs> you,
1: you, you know, as well as anybody that that has two answers. There's who's your favorite current golfer and who's your favorite golfer of all time.
0: Like, who is your current yeah. golfer?
1: Like, your so, current- so current, current is, uh, I'd probably say Dustin Johnson and a, a close second because of who he is and i've actually met him as gary woodland um the guy who won the us open at pebble beach a few years ago but um all time it's ben hogan and you may i'm sure you, you heard that name at some point whether it be on old clubs or something but do yourself a favor just read it read his wikipedia page at some point that's <laughs>
0: he's
1: my he's my favorite of all time yeah
0: So how did you manage uh, balance in different games during your time in Manchester?
1: I was, again, I talk about being lucky or blessed. I mean, sometimes it's just a roll of the dice, but I was very blessed in the idea that I never, I don't remember ever feeling like I didn't have enough time to get everything done. And I know that's a little bit counterintuitive to what, I mean, I, I, don't know, I don't know if Mrs. Bradley told you this, but I actually worked at the school for almost two years after I graduated college. And I was there when they had, when they had faculty meetings about what are students feeling. There were these yeah, sorts of things right there. Yeah, exactly. And one of, the, one of the main things that they always bring up is stress levels or um, the, the innate struggle that juggling everything either I've suppressed that memory or I just never experienced that. I, again, again, I was lucky to be relatively uh, a little bit more than competent in the classroom naturally. But at the same time, I loved, I mean, I look back now, some of the structure was fantastic for me. The classes were typically pretty interesting. Although, I mean, when you're 14, 15, 16 years old, the day can drag no matter what. But I just remember, um, and the funny thing was it was even more difficult it was in theory supposed to be more difficult for me and
0: yeah. uh Mr. henson I can hear you
1: goes the academy I think the academy helps in a in a helps in a big way because It is, it's not totally regimented, but it's regimented enough. Up through
0: 536 o'clock. Mr. Hudson,
1: I have. Yeah.
0: uh, You are lagging like too much. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, you are lagging okay I didn't, I didn't, I didn't.
1: Can, can you hear me
0: yeah i can no
1: so the the scheduling has it so that i didn't have to think about anything until 6 6 p.m in the evening and then you go to dinner i had plenty of time to spend with friends i had maybe i don't i don't remember ever being at my desk in my dorm room for more than an hour or, or at most two hours at a time um So if anything, it just set me up for success at the collegiate level because I knew I could get everything done and still pursue my golf and still have fun and go to the gym and play intramural sports. It was, I guess, naturally balanced, I suppose. It was good, yeah.
0: Yeah. So uh, do you have any suggestions to our listeners regarding how they can make a difference in in their life?
1: I I know with social media and the modern news cycle – it's very easy to fall into this mindset that if you're not thinking big, you're not doing enough. But in reality, I think it's most healthy for us. And it's also most helpful to our communities that we actually have the opportunity to impact. If you really stop, look around and see what you can accomplish in your own sphere of influence. So for instance, instead of, um, and I'm not advocating for sticking your head in the sand either, but Instead of being totally engrossed in what's happening on the national political level, put a little bit more effort into understanding local politics, or even better yet, local charitable organizations.
0: Um, Mr. Harrison, Uh, you are lagging. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Hello. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can now.
1: Okay, there we go. Yeah. Where did where did you lose me?
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe you were. I don't remember.
1: That's okay. Yeah. You were, what was the last thing I was saying?
0: Uh, I asked you a question. Like after that, you were like, "Yeah, you were Oh like, dang! So uh, the question was: Do you have any suggestions to our listeners? Yeah.
1: So the I'll I'll try to I'll try to make it more succinct this time, yeah. but it's very, it's very easy to fall into the trap of paying attention to the widespread issues on social media and the 24 hour news cycle, but it's much better for the individual. And in reality, much better for the individual's community. If you think local, if you think it may, it may feel smaller, it may feel not as impactful, but in reality, it's much more impactful to go out and volunteer somewhere. Or in the case of the Academy, just talking with kids that you may never have spoken with before, taking the effort to be a part of an organization that makes it a uh, club at Mercersburg that makes a difference locally rather than getting into internet arguments or things like that. So like I said earlier, that I think we can all really benefit from that micro viewpoint rather than getting stuck at the 30,000 foot level and thinking that the world's coming to an end because we just see everything that's wrong. Well, that's my two cents.
0: So, <laughs> uh, uh, How did you become a philanthropist? I know the word. It's philanthropist, I guess.
1: Oh philanthropist. Yeah. How did you yeah.
0: philanthropist?
1: Philanthropist. Um how did I or
0: Yeah, how did you? Like what motivated? Well
1: the the initial motivation when I came back to Oh might be freezing again.
0: Uh you are freezing, but I can hear you.
1: You can hear me? Okay. Um I'd say I grew up in it to a great extent um the idea that if if you have enough after that you really consider giving back uh and that can be financially but also when i was living in my hometown of Chambersburg, i was volunteering with my church on a pretty regular basis and then even the job i had with mercesburg was centered around philanthropy so it certainly helps when something is your job for a little while you start to understand it a little bit better and the the need for it the academy is I used to joke it's one of the worst business models in the world because it totally depends on the philanthropy of alumni. That is the that is the, the only way that a business like Mercer'sburg can survive is through giving and which is fantastic because it makes the place even more special. Um, but I think it was just it was it was instilled in me by my parents in a lot of ways. I saw I saw things that they would do and at the end of the day it's a uh, speaking from speaking from experience if you're <laughs> if you don't take if you don't make an effort to live for people other than yourself it can get pretty lonely pretty quickly um so even if it's just a reoccurring gift to a church or the the annual the supply of uh, giving money to the annual fund for Mersburg, anything like that certainly helps broaden your reach so to speak
0: yeah So, uh, what you do like for, uh, practicing golf, like what's your Mm -hmm. favorite club, I would say.
1: Oh boy. Well, that's, that's an interesting question because one of the things, one of the things I always advocate for is don't fall in love with one thing on the range because when you're on the course, how often do you hit two seven irons in a row? Yeah.
0: That,
1: That just, that doesn't happen. So my, my favorite form of practice, and I'm, I'm looking forward to being a little bit more diligent this year when I have the opportunity, but, um. I pretend like I'm playing any of the 140 courses I've played in my life, and that gives you the opportunity to hit all alternating clubs during your practice session. So hit a driver off of number one at your home course in your mind. If you hit it well, should pick up a nine iron, hit that to a specific target. That's sort of more meaningful practice rather than I always talk to my students about do not stand up here and just beat balls. Do not just wear a hole in the middle of your seven iron and think that you're accomplishing anything. Because in that situation, I mean, the as fickle as our minds are, you step up and you have an eight iron in your hand all of a sudden, and you don't have much confidence because you haven't been hitting it. So, but my putter is my favorite club.
0: <laughs> I would love to it's, be with you sometime.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Well, the the good news is when I have the opportunity to get back, I mean, I'm still I'm still stay in touch with Coach Smith. Yeah. And Coach Gailey and everybody. Um and I I'm still trying to maintain my game as best as possible. It's not my number one concern in my job, but still play competitively on a pretty regular basis. So yeah, we'll we'll get together and I I like to anytime I'm back, I like to if the opportunity presents itself, I like to try to play with the team.
0: So yeah, it would be my honor to play with you.
1: <laughs> yes, sir. Like <laughs> likewise.
0: Yeah. So what else should I
1: ask you? know. <laughs> uh, o- on- open yeah. open That's an open open book. Whatever Well, l- let me ask you this. So are you you're, you would technically be a 10th grader? You are a 10th grader right now?
0: Yeah.
1: Gotcha. And was this your first year at the acad- at the academy? I know it's virtual, but Yeah. Gotcha. So you came in as a 10th grader. Well, yeah. that's great. You'll have the you, hopefully I'm praying and I feel like I have confidence that you'll have at least two years on campus. Yeah. Um is there any anything? I know you haven't been there. Is there any, anything you want to know about the a, uh, the area yeah. campus? We're
0: like, uh, do you guys practice in Uh for golf? So
1: there is a it, it it varies. There is a a course that's about fifteen minutes away from campus called Whitetail
0: yeah.
1: Whitetail Golf. I think it's just Whitetail Golf Course. And then, like I mentioned earlier, I think I'm trying not to call them by their first name. I think Mr. Smith is uh, he takes the crew over to chambersburg maybe once a week to play something around along those lines so you've got access to two really decent golf courses when i was there we just went to whitetail and there's a range there and there's a putting green um but you guys also have the benefit during my time we played in we played in the spring which is coming out of and playing in some pretty bad weather the team now the main season is in the fall so you now have the opportunity to play in some better weather and everything um but it's a, it's not a really, Mercer'sburg is, is in what's known as Franklin County, which is a, a separate part, a, a part of Pennsylvania. Yeah. And it's not the wealthiest county in Pennsylvania. It's not the most golf crazy county, but the Mercer'sburg team has access to two of the nicest courses in the area. So that's a, that's a really good factor about it.
0: So what do you do for like uh, your physical workout? Like you have
1: to, mm-hmm. it, uh, to be a professional golfer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I actually, one of the things that the academy sort of gave me, if you will, and my friend's name was Michael Howland at the time, who sort of got me into, can you still hear me?
0: Yeah, I
1: can hear you. Okay, internet connection, yeah. yeah. Michael Halland helped me start getting into some weightlifting. Um, and when stuff really started to take off was when I made, when I walked onto my collegiate team at Furman when I was playing in college. And I started to understand, okay, we have to get functional with this. It's not just about putting on mass because I'm a relatively thin guy, but I put on a a few pounds freshman year in college of muscle, but I wasn't really hitting the ball any further. And understanding that it's about functional movement, um, it's one of the reasons why if you look at guys like Jordan Speed, Justin Thomas, any of the guys who aren't really built but still want to generate clubhead speed, they're doing balance work. They're doing dynamic banded work. They're doing – they're trying to be explosive with their activity. They're not concerned with how much weight can I move. They're more concerned with how can I move my weight in proper sequential order and as quickly as possible. Yeah. So once my, I, I had knee surgery back in October, once that's fully healed up, I'm going to be getting back into, it takes so much lower body stability and effort. I can start to build some strength in the gym without my, the use of my right leg. But in reality, you have to have your whole system working together to really be confident in the opportunity to move everything sequentially and move it efficiently and move it quicker as you go on. But um, I'm, I can actually, after we get done, I can send you a few articles that are really interesting to read as, so you can start to understand.
0: Because
1: yeah. you're going to be inevitably throughout high school and college, you're going to be busy. Yeah. I know you, it's, great, it's great that you're thinking about the physical fitness aspect, but you really want to be able to concentrate your time so that, you're not, so that you have as much benefit as possible if if what you want to concentrate on is golf fitness, because there's just a the general fitness that's wonderful to be in as well.
0: Uh, you can say I'm also a squash player also so oh
1: good, yeah, so you 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 need you need some aerobic fitness also <laughs> yeah
0: so, yeah, so you
1: get you get a decent bit from squash sh- for yeah, sure. So
0: like in squash, you like have to be like super fit you have to yeah like Yeah. Get enough <laughs> stamina So oh, absolutely. Uh, I like work on the stamina mostly like i fantastic i do a, i do a long running yeah you can
1: say there you go well there's a lot of a lot of really a lot of really fantastic ways you can work on stamina through explosive workouts as well
0: yeah
1: um but it, there's been some awesome research into what is the best way to maximize your time in the gym because most golfers they're they're going to get bored after 30 45 minutes cuz if they really want to get better they're thinking oh i want to go practice or play and just but that's a great that's a great uh, a great question for sure
0: yeah so that I would say, do you have anything for me? I think I'm done. No, I
1: just, I I really appreciate the opportunity, Azian. I mean, this is a, it's such a pleasure to get to talk to you and get to know you a little bit. And I'm sure I, we will certainly meet in person at some point. We'll make sure of that. Um, and just, um, you'll, you'll hear this anytime you talk from anyone, anyone who's, I'm going to still refer to myself as a young alum, uh, just cherish the place. It's, it's one of, my, one of my very few truly happy places in the world. So thank you for the opportunity to interact with it again. And do not hesitate at all. You've got my email address. Yeah. Don't hesitate to fire questions, e- whether it's Mercesburg or Golf related. I'll, I'll always be there for that, Absolutely. okay? Yeah. Fantastic, my man. Yeah.
0: Thank you, Mister. Anything else? Yeah, anything. I, I thank you all for listening with patience about Mr. Harrison Pink. He indeed is an inspiration for all of us. That in such a young age, he has given us a lesson and meaning of life is that is what all you can do for others. And for that, I think again.